Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. It's the 30th of April, 2020, week seven of um, COVID isolate lockdown. Uh, kind of going a little bit stir crazy over here, but miracle of miracles, I got paid today, so it's a very good day. How you doing, Dave? <laughs> I'm doing fantastic, Jim, and uh, glad to hear uh, glad to hear you got paid today. Okay, like I. I, I I am so glad we are in our in the industry we're in. Um, we are blessed. We are so lucky. Gratitude to um, Larry and Sergey, and to Danny Sullivan and Bruce Clay, and all the great elders of the industry and stuff for making this whole making this zoo that we work in. Because um, I've been hearing from a lot of SEOs that the last couple of weeks have um, been very beneficial. Yeah. Um, it's like business has started again. Many of us are working again, like, and it's not like it, like it was, but when you got a stable foundation, you can sort of move forward with a little bit of confidence, like, and thank goodness uh, we're in the industry we're in, eh? It, it really is. It really is. Um, when we are starting to hit, and I, I, I'm sure you are, and, and if you're in the listening audience and, and you know, you're listening to this live or, or shortly after recording, um, I expect, you know, if not yet, you will be seeing it soon. We are hearing, like, we're in Canada, we're hearing the provinces loosening. I, I want to see them, it is personal, like, stay controlled. Yes, it's, it's great. Lighten the restrictions, get, you know, certain people back to work again, but, you know, do it controlled because I don't want to go back to this again. Um, I, I know certain states are, I, you know, I hope everybody acts responsibly and I don't want to go back to this again. So when you get a little bit of freedom, don't abuse it, right? Like stick to just that and, and let's, let's not get locked back down again. I don't want to be sent but back into, into, you know, I don't want to lose my next recess. We're talking about the economy opening, but, but think of, think of like, uh, uh, the digital economy. I'm, I, it's end of month. I just did a whole slew of, uh, analytic reports yep. and yeah. I can honestly see I can see the effect of people figuring out where how they're going to be conducting their business moving into moving into the future. People yeah. working from home, I can, you can see this in traffic patterns. Oh, and it's it's great. And I mean, some of the some of the big box stores are are stepping up. Like I, I'm I'm liking you know London Drugs. I don't think our yeah, yeah. south of the border do, um, but London Drugs. That's still like CSV. CVS. Um, but our version London Drugs has opened up an entire aisle for local businesses now yep. to go, okay, we're going to like open up this aisle just for local. I assume it's probably was their seasonal aisle, right? The one that rotated. And now we're putting it all to local businesses to try and give them a, them a place. So I'm, I'm appreciating that. But what I was getting at is as these loosen up, new opportunities arise. Like we've got clients in travel and all of them are like, okay, let's ready our paid search budgets for this. Okay. We're not doing this quite yet, but let's build these campaigns. So this is where the opportunity is. This is where you capture market share. It's coming up in the weeks ahead and, and you need to be just, and I know our, we're getting our clients ready is this is that time. This is where you're about to, to either jump ahead or follow. You get to lead or follow. That's your choice. You get to pick and it's going to be cheaper to lead now than, than 
it ever will be again, probably, or at least in the foreseeable future. So, um, yeah, I know I'm excited for what's coming, and I know, thankfully, we have a number of clients who are sort of following our lead and going, yep, let's ready these campaigns for as soon as things start to loosen up, we're going to just hit the ground running. Yeah, there's... Uh, I, I, I'm very, obviously, I'm, I'm really nervous about what's happening in the real world um, outside of my office window. Mm-hmm. But, um, and... Coming into the beginning of this month, at the at the end of March, I I, I literally saw my billings get sliced in uh, by by by, by two thirds. Mm-hmm. Honest to goodness, like just gone. I had enough to limp through the month. Going into May, and I can I, I can even particularly into the autumn right now, and that's the kind of business that's coming back into the industry. It's uh, I don't think I, I don't think it's just me. I'm I'm hearing this from a number of other people, and it's it's. Wow. And you know what? The world of search continues, too. It Not just does. the world of business. It, it does. And, and surprise, Q1 reports came out and Google made money. <laughs> Did they? Yeah, they, they were up, I think it was 13%. Not as, they didn't grow as much year over year as they were, you know, hoped going in. I mean, they, they beat expectations. Um, you know, in the actual reports themselves, they didn't hit the numbers that they wanted to hit. You know, if you if I'd asked them six months ago, but yeah, they 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 I think it was thirteen percent. I'll pull up the report here, but I think they beat year over year increases of thirteen percent, right above. And I'm like, okay, what what is, oh. what were you hoping for? <laughs> Do you, do you remember what, what what used to happen? Like Google would would continue to make money year over year over year, but sometimes they wouldn't meet the streets' expectations, and so even though they're making billions more than they were last year, they still got punished. Yeah. How did the share? How did the shares react? Uh, they are down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's topsy turvy um, world but, here. Uh, but no, I mean it, uh, it. It makes sense. They had. Spiked up, and now they're, I think, sort of self-correcting. They're down like half a percent right now. Oh, it's like down when you just up. noticed, like when you um, just looked. Sure. Exactly. Well, this is from this morning. They're they're down a little bit, but um, yeah, and it's you know the reports came out. This is a correction because the reports, the reaction would have been yesterday. So today they're sort of stabilizing, but I consider half a point sort of just ebb and flow of a bit. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. I think Google, you know, we, we've moved a position on Google. No, that's just ebb and flow. That's not nothing. <laughs> I guess sort of a half point to a point move is just sort of, it, it, it's what happens and, you know, it might be different tomorrow. Um, just if, uh, it, you know, people are moving their money out, probably the people who are chasing quarterly reports are moving their money out of Google. They've made their money. Now they're moving it to somewhere else for the next set of quarterly reports or something like that. One of the things that people in the internet industry, Google used to do this. I'm trying to use Google as a segue because we're going to actually get to a Google product. Is to, you know, that you come up with a better mousetrap. You build a better mousetrap, you get all the energy. Mm-hmm. Um, this time last year, we were doing the show over Skype. Yeah. Now we're doing the show over Zoom. Uh, Zoom has has better compression, provides a better signal, and is uh, it's the uh, meeting um, facilitation uh, package du jour. Everyone's using Zoom right now. So much so that Google's decided to uh, make their own, they say, more secure package. Google Meet is now absolutely free. Um, I haven't used Google Meet yet. Have you you had a chance to uh, to use it yet? 
I, I haven't. And it's one of those, eventually I'm tired of chasing things and everybody's on Zoom and it's like, okay, just, just everybody stay here. <laughs> just like, I get it. I'm sure Google's fine, but it's like, we, we all, we all found a place. Let's just, let's just all of us stay here because I don't want to now have all of those accounts. And everything. <laughs> got an <laughs> important pro tip for people who are using Zoom. And mm-hmm. uh, like, like I, I didn't even know this. It, 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 it could have smacked the team I'm working with the other day. You know how um, you and me are sending messages back and forth during, during the whole show, right? Yeah, I know where you're going. If um, you set the message, you can, you can in Zoom, you can set a message to send it, send the chat to like everybody who's involved in the conversation, or you can pick specific people in the conversation and only send a message so that like you and, and they see it and everybody else um, is, is unaware. If your meeting is being recorded, so are all of those conversations. So we're in this client meeting. And uh, we're, we're dealing with a kitchen table name, a kitchen table brand, like a big brand name. So stakes are high, and we got we got to make sure that anything that we say is um, we got to make sure that the peep that the seven or eight webmasters that they have on their end of the phone looking stuff up as we're saying it don't catch us in a mistake. Right. So we got to be doing the same thing on our end, right? So that's one of the things I do is during these meetings, I'm just researching the heck out of anything that might be something and i'm sending private messages to the to the head of development who's doing that without knowing that in the recorded version that at the transcript of which everybody's going to be getting <laughs> you know <laughs> are they asking us to do this and this and this and this now luckily you know we're we're mature we're, we're, we're we don't mess around in meetings like that's 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 a big corporate no-no but like um yeah just beware those, that could have gone sideways really fast. So fast, and it's so easy because you know, I mean, like we're all working from home now, and everyone feels like 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 completely uh, informal. Yeah. Um, well, I always work from home, and I am always informal, but it's easy to slip up, um, yeah. and it's easy to let to let like work discipline down. Don't because um, all those goofy private messages you're sending on the side ain't so private in the Zoom environment. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, you know, that's that's just I think a, a good rule of thumb for big pro all communication like that. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, I mean, okay, now you're making me think. Okay, yes, by this time next week, you can ask me again. I'll, I'll give it a try. Meet. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> we'll you know what? Maybe we'll do a show and meet. I don't know if it if it works. It works. If it does, but maybe we won't because you know. It's like, Googly products and stuff. Um, It'll be gone in a year. In um, fact, it's a good time to get the pool together to see how long the Google product will last. <laughs> um, another pool that we should have gotten together a long time ago, and we still can because no one's got a definitive answer on this. Does Google use information from Google Analytics for indexing, ranking, and figuring stuff out, or doesn't it? <laughs> now, if you are friend, Jeremy Knopf, your response is, well, how do you tell if a Google if a Google rep is lying? <laughs> Their lips are moving. <laughs> um, Google says they don't. Google's always said they don't. From the beginning of Google Analytics, from when it was Urchin, Google says they don't. Most SEOs say they do. Um, anecdotal evidence uh, suggests that they do. And honest to goodness, where are they drawing their inferences from? What do you figure? I, I think that's funny. I actually tweeted about about this article. And went, I actually am starting to feel sorry for Google for having to answer this. 
<laughs> the answer they're going to give. We, I mean, there's debate about whether we believe them or not in each one, and I'll get to mine in a, in, in a minute, but I feel sorry for them having to, to answer it. It's like, I, I view them as like the parent with like kids in the back seat. Can we pull over? No. Can we pull over? Oh, just stop asking now. No. We'll pull over when we get to grandma's house, right? Um, in this case, I do believe them. I, I, I 100%, I do actually believe them. Uh, they don't use analytics. That is not to say I believe that they, what, what I would refer to as, I do believe they use post-click data. So once that user has clicked, what do they do? But as soon as you start using analytics, you're going to be comparing apples to apples. Each site is going to function a little bit differently. So how do you relate to all of these different signals? Should they be bouncing to three, or putting around to three pages? Or should one page do it? Depends. Like, like it depends on the layout. It depends on the site. It, I think it would get really messy if they started doing that. Did they click? What did they? How long were they there? And more importantly, what did they do next? And that all takes place on Google. They clicked. They came back after a shorter, long period of time. What did they do next? Did they click on the next result? Did they change their result completely so we know they were totally satisfied with what they were found? Did they refine their results so they had a different intent? Really, there's all sorts of different things that that user can be doing. And I think those user signals, that's where the power is on Google's end, not on what did they do in analytics. Well, analytics are simply a recording of user signals, right? So it's like, it's like a, a, a bunch of buckets that they're throwing numbers into. Yeah, well, like, like, let's consider one of the, the core analytics that, you know, is, is misunderstood um, is time on page and, and bounce rate, right? Like, yeah, for sure. Google can only record the time difference on a page by the next time the analytics tag fires. So if a person comes into a site and then clicks the back button, they can be totally satisfied, but the second analytics tag never fired and Google doesn't know specifically how long that visit was. I could spend five minutes on a page. And the analytics wouldn't tell me that. Like Google Analytics wouldn't tell me that. So Google doesn't have a core piece of information. They spent five minutes on that page. So Google would be sending themselves just some screwy, screwy results because they wouldn't actually know. Now on Google's end, they'd know that user was gone for five minutes and they know what that user does next. So technically, when they say they don't use Google Analytics, I actually believe them, but I don't want that confused with post-click data. Okay, fair enough. So um, there's the uh, answer on that. Well, that's, that's my answer. <laughs> uh, and I'm sure. I mean, there's 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 very very intelligent people who completely disagree with me and have have compelling arguments um, and certainly some some statistical data to sort of back it that I would disagree with. Yeah, At the end of the day, build a good mousetrap. Yeah, it's anecdotal data. It's, it's, I don't. I don't think anybody. If it was, if it was good statistical data, we'd 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 be able to put somebody on Google on the air and hit them with this. Right. Instead, we just got to you know get get search people on it, kind of sort of try to trick them into answering, which they never actually do. Well, one of the, my favorite things about this entire debate, though, is who cares whether they do or whether they don't. The goal you need to be, if you if you believe they do. You're going to go, well, I need to make sure that users send those proper signals in my analytics. Okay, so you have to satisfy the user on your site. And if, if you're under mine and it's post-click data, well, I need to make sure the post-click data is favorable and I need to answer the user's intent on my site. 
Okay, so it's, uh, is the same. The signal is improve your site. Improve your site. Either way, you need to improve your site. Okay, so thinking of signals, um, do you remember how, how how serious did you take it when Google said make sure that 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 the website is fast because this is an important signal to us? Did you take uh, that seriously at all? I did. I did. Yeah. yeah, and I still do. Even I know what you're talking about, but I still do. Okay, so Google is suggesting, um, Gary East suggested um, that uh, site speed is not as important a factor as we might have thought it was. Um, the last couple of years, SEOs have been telling their uh, clients obsessively, speed your site up, mobile first, they're checking it, they're checking it against uh, uh, loading on mobile time. And all of that may be true, but we thought it was a massive ranking factor. Google even came out and would say, all things being equal, the faster of the two sites will rank higher. Um, now they're suggesting not so much, but they're also suggesting that they're going to wait to delay a full switch to the mobile first index because of COVID-19. Right. So, um, yeah, weird. And again, a googly answer. Yeah, and I'm just getting getting used to those. Um, and, and here's we're again in, in one of those wonderful spots. I will dis no. I, I, I'll agree <laughs> that technically he is probably telling the truth. See, like he'll know that. Like that'll be baked in. Sure. At the same time, we have whether it's post click date on Google's end or whether it's analytics. You know, that is an aside. The user and and, and signals they send. I'm going to disagree with anybody who says. Google doesn't consider users. Of course they do. Um, the, the signal the users are sending are going to impact things. So indirectly, speed is an issue. If you have a slow site, then your users are going to hate it and they're going to send that signal back to Google. They're going to spend like, oh, they might spend 15 seconds waiting for that first page and then go, yeah, no, I'm not spending another 15 seconds <laughs> and, and move back. So the initial speed might have been a small factor, but the, the impact on the user is going to be a dramatic factor. So fighting over a trillisecond, right, when you're like doing really well already, yeah, that's not worth it. Don't do it. Go build some good content. Um, but, you know, I, I think in a larger scope it is. And it's, again, one of those wonderful areas where, I mean, Amazon stats show it over and over and over again. You improve your speed by like a fraction of a second and you're going to have a percentage increase in your conversions. So even if you followed the advice and went, you know, Dave said speeds can impact our users and indirectly that might impact our rankings. Even if Dave is an idiot and wrong, your conversions went up. So you still made more money. <laughs> so, again, like I love, and I'm sure you do too, and all that. Like I love those scenarios in SEO where it's like, even if I'm wrong, I made more money for my client. Yeah, so the effect of it was you were right. You said two, there was two really wise things you said there. One of them was, you know, even if even if wrong, I'm still getting better conversions. But the other one was it doesn't have to be a direct line between um, speed and signal. It could be speed, user disgust, user gives Google signal. So speed itself wasn't the signal. The way it made the user feel was the signal, right. but the user felt that way because of the speed. Right. Um, and users are complex and crazy people, right? Like I know <laughs> I'm one of them. <laughs> I mean, what, what? I mean, you you've seen it. I see it. So I'm like, I just let data guide decisions, and then I'll let designers figure out what to do with my recommendations based on the data. Because 
I I have seen those tests on what landing page wins, and I've made my guesses as to what they are, and then I've looked at what won, and I went, how drunk are people? They're like, these should never win in a thousand years. 60% higher conversions, eh? Really, guys, just, I, I have no idea why that. These Some things are very predictable. It's like, well, I included the brand you know, name in a keyword for the brand, right? Like, that that makes sense. I predicted that A-B test before, and I did it right. But, um, yeah, it, people are, are, are odd. Um, and especially if you're trying to get into multiple intents, you're getting into, because we tend to think, you, me, and, and everybody, we tend to think of our visitors, right? Like, what do I want? When somebody searches a query to land at my site, what is it I'm trying to do with them? Okay, that's irrelevant. The question is, when that user enters a query into Google, what are they trying to accomplish? I need to accomplish that task, <laughs> whatever it might be, because Google's trying to fulfill that intent. And if I don't fulfill the intent of the high school student who's just looking up why Dave keeps using blue widgets when they're looking up blue widgets, if I don't fulfill that intent and some other site other out there fulfills that one and will sell them blue widgets, that site wins. Right? Because it fulfills more of the intents. And that's more important in generic terms than, than you know, buy blue widgets. Yeah, they're going to land them at, a, at an e-commerce page. But anyway, I, I could go on that one indefinitely, really. And unfortunately, we got to go on a break really quickly. It's time. So, uh, <laughs> friends, you are listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. It's the 30th of April, 2020. On behalf of Dave Davies for being talking in the marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Ways Media. Stick around. we got more coming up after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. For maximum customer engagement and retention, choose CleverTap. CleverTap is a leading customer engagement and retention platform that helps digital brands maximize lifetime value. Over 8,000 apps around the world, including Vodafone, Star, and Sony, trust CleverTap to improve user engagement, boost retention, and fuel long-term revenue growth. Learn more at CleverTap.com. That's CleverTap.com. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one -on -one training. A weekly podcast for you or your company. Distribution to almost every podcast portal. An embeddable player for your website. An ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts. And much, much more. And best of all, you'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Start your search engine and send your servers into overdrive. It's Webmaster Radio Talk FM steering you into the winner's circle. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere.
Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. It is the 30th of April, 2020. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And uh, coming up awfully soon, Tuesday, June the 2nd, the uh, SEJ eSummit. Uh, the first, I think this, I think is the first SEO, large scale SEO um, conference after the, um, since lockdown. Yeah. And it's a, it looks like it's, it's going to be pretty good. People that we chat about just so often. <laughs> people we chat about, people we chat with. You got Martin Split, you got uh, Jamie Alboricio, um, Perna Verja, uh, 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 Mary, Mary Davies is going to be there. Lily Ray is going to be there. Um, Alan Blywhite. Yeah, the, the, half the people who come on our show are going to be there. I know. Elena is going to be I know. I'm going to try and rope some of them in after to cover what they're going to be covering um, while they're there. And each one, and like the thing I love, it's a one-day thing. Like why I'm pretty much going to try and book off that whole day and just go, I'm, yeah. I'm going head down. And it's just rapid. It's like 20 minutes each. Bam, bam, bam. And I'm like, 20 minutes each from this crew, you're going to get a lot of really useful stuff. And I, I'm sort of getting to watch because Mary is in it, how they're prepping. And I'm like, oh, you're going to get some good, good information in there. Um, and it's registration's free for the first 5,000 people. And then it's 10 bucks after that goes to Doctors Without Borders. I mean, oh, excellent. Just, there's, there's no you know, reason why you, you wouldn't. I'd, heck, I'd give the 10 bucks to Doctors Without Borders anyway. So um, just to watch, like, I don't know, Bartos is going to be there and, and talk and just some, some brilliance as he always does. So anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, for, for folks listening, it's free. Um, and it's uh, SEJE Summit and should be a really, really, uh, really, really good day. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm quite looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to just how people deal with this uh, uh, format as it evolves. I've done a uh, uh, an e-summit. Um, Itai Paz from uh, from Israel held one, uh, I think, two, two, three years ago. And um, they're hard. Like, seriously. Um, one-on-one is really easy, but doing it electronically is really hard. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting thing. And one thing I found really interesting about the, the structure they're they're going with, and hopefully I'm not talking out of school here, but I just sort of saw it happen, is they're preparing the presentations themselves right before. So not during. They're not doing the actual presentation part live. They're doing they're sort of putting it up as recorded, so that the person speaking can be sitting answering questions during their presentation. Right on. Right? And so they can be doing a, a real-time Q&A, having just done, uh, having prepared their presentation. And I, I can't remember the exact timeline, but it's, it's right before. It's, so it's up to date. It's got all the, the current information, but you can actually be chatting back and forth with the speaker answering their questions on, on what they've said. And I thought, that's actually a really bright sort of twist. I, I've never seen that one before. Well, it's, it's, it's cool seeing, um, how to say this? One thing that's been really hard to accept is there's no travel. And um, mm-hmm. we have a very sol- we have very solitary careers. Even if we work in large offices amongst lots of people, nobody understands what the hell we're talking about most of the time. Yeah. So when SEOs gather in the same place, for people from the SEM, the, 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 the PPC industry and the SEO industry, and they all get together in the same place, suddenly you're talking to people who talk your language. Right. And um, 
I, I, I often used to say about going to the search marketing conferences, you never have to say the same thing twice because you were around really smart people and there's a luxury in that. Yeah. Um, and uh, they aren't happening right now. And I know there's a lot of people like, like in the search marketing community, especially um, the community is really important. We form a, Again, because we're such unicorns in each of the organizations we work with, we we become our own sort of like family or herd. And uh, to um, to not have those conferences, I think, is 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 a big deal for a lot of people. Um, if this was ten years ago, we went into lockdown. I don't know if I'd be able to cope not seeing all the people at the conferences and stuff. Right. Um, so watching this environment evolve and people learn how to use it and to be personable in it is very cool. Um, but look, oh, we've been doing this. Everyone's been doing this. We're all getting together in like Zoom chats and stuff. Um, it, it is. One of the things that I find a little curious, and I, I've just started to notice it recently. Well, not curious, but, um, and not even problematic because we're all doing our best here where everybody's suffering. I mean, this is almost global, but let's just talk about our industry. Everybody's suffering, but the way everybody is, is very different. You have small agencies or, or just like people who work by themselves and, and have, you know, the, the challenges involved with just managing their clients versus people who work in-house who are now out for the first time, like now having to work out. You have people who've been laid off and then you have people at agencies that are now working remotely. And, and everybody has just this massive dump of a challenge and I'm watching in the communication people trying to relate to each other yeah. and it's yeah I understand it's really hard working from home but when when I say that that means a very different thing than when somebody else says you've touched on it you know you work from home so do I so it's a different thing but the challenges in being in our role is still very significant but when somebody's talking about the challenges to them now working from home but trying to work with a group I've never been there. I've never tried to work as part of an in-house agency with another 30 people and, and dealt with the challenges of all of a sudden now being isolated at the same time, having all these same expectations and having all of these group calls that are difficult. But like I've never dealt with that, but for a long time, I thought I was trying to relate to them. And now I'm like, no, your challenges are totally different than mine and you can't understand mine. And it's great that we can sympathize with each other but we almost feel like we understand each other, but we really don't. And that almost yeah. is what made it more dangerous, or not dangerous, but difficult, was we all felt like we understood each other, and we all still do, but at the same time, your version of a challenge is so different than mine that mentally it may be the opposite. You might be feeling isolated, I'm feeling overwhelmed. Right? Like These are totally, totally different things in how we're dealing with things, but we feel it for the same reason. And so it's, it's, it's a very, very interesting uh, sort of environment. And again, going back to the beginning of the show, yeah, when they're lifting the restrictions, folks, wear a mask, be responsible, because I don't <laughs> want to do this again. <laughs> no, indeed. Um, indeed. Although I got to tell you, in, in some ways, um, in the land of the blind, the person with one eye becomes ruler. <laughs> and uh, yeah. we were... We were just sort of made to cope with situations like this. Um, it's, it's weird. And in, in, in many ways, I've been, I've, been, I've been feeling helpful because I'm helping other people understand how to work from home and how how routine is everything. And, um, you know, just how to set your life so that you can actually do this and not go crazy. 
Mm-hmm. Um, or at least if you go crazy so that other people don't notice, which is, I think, more important. We should probably talk about more SEO stuff yeah. or SEM stuff. Um, and here's one that's really important, especially one of the, how to say, again, I don't want to say a cool thing about being locked down at this time, but a benefit to having all this time on our hands mm-hmm. is the search world has been changing significantly in the last year, year and a half. AI, automation, um, schema, the ability to um, offer a whole new set of signals, like more direct and interactive signals to the search engines. Um, So it's more marketing than technical. Mm -hmm. Um, That's all rising to the fore in our industry. Um, You know, you're getting a lot more uh, schema uh, uh, tasks, schema-related tasks, this year than you were even six months ago. Um, and it's amazing, huh? And yeah. so now we have the time not only to learn, and then with the neat thing about being an SEO is you, you become like an instant expert in so many different technologies because mm-hmm. you have to. We're just exposed to so much. Right? Yep. But now, yeah, now with, with Schema and with, with Java, I'm actually having time to dig in and learn and learn and learn because what else was I going to do? I'm not going to lunch. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Martin Schmidt, this kid, this great, this wonderful guy, is just putting up like video after video after video after video, and it's just such a cool thing. Yeah, I mean, any, any of our regular listeners will know. Uh, I'm a big fan. Like anytime Martin comes up and tweets something or puts out a video or says something, it'll be like, okay, pay attention. And what I love, he uh, he generally talks about JavaScript and and one of his latest videos. I think the one we're going to be chatting about. Um, he was talking about JavaScript and, and links in JavaScript. Great. I mean, okay, that that's its thing. But what it helps me, and I, I hope people don't miss, is even if you're not building in JavaScript, even if this does not relate to you, you're like, we're best forever. No problem. But watching his videos, or at least read the summary on Search Engine Land is, is where I am right now on, on mm-hmm. sort of viewing his post, um, is... It helps you understand what's going on. Like JavaScript specifically, but most of the videos that Google puts out, they don't just make videos for nothing, right? Like there's a reason that they're putting a video, but JavaScript is, is unique. And when they're describing something and going, this is how to make it SEO friendly, inside that explanation of how to make it SEO friendly, nine times out of 10, there will be a kernel of understanding of, oh, that's how this works. Yes. Some of it will be obvious, some of it won't. This one was obvious, but it's really a confirmation of, this is how Google passes an understanding of links within a site. And it, it's, it's the way it always been. And, and this is how that works. Um, so getting to it, I mean, and I highly recommend to folks just follow him on Twitter and, and, and watch it, you know, anytime you put something out, you know, pay attention to search engine land, watch the video is put an href in your links. <laughs> it's like, that's basically what he, what he was getting at cliff notes is you don't have to in javascript you can fire things off in, in all sorts of different ways but it was if you want us to understand that this is a link that this is a link you have to do it this way they do see some great rendering i i i get where there's confusion over that because they're like we render we understand we execute code and i just had this conversation with somebody yesterday where they're like we shouldn't use canonical we'll just use schema version numbers on different versions of software i'm like you're trusting google to understand more than 
you should. They, they do a great job, but let's just candy coat this for them and go, it all canonicals back to the latest version. Because the other yes. ones are only there for developers. They're not meant to rank. They're meant for developers who have an old version and just need to know why something's going wrong. <laughs> this code that they're executing. Um, so it hits a lot where JavaScript is the same. I think a good clarification for people on that front. But at the same time, it's just like, okay, my understanding of what rendering, it didn't help me understand links because links are, are links. And I understood those. For some people, they, they may not. But it helps understand that and confirm that when they are saying rendering, when they are saying executing, they do not mean this. <laughs> they do not mean we understand everything and we're going to click on everything on your page just to see what it does. It means <laughs> we understand and we can render code, but you're going to have to spoon feed us the core elements, the core things you need us to know. Just like we give them schema, they're saying basically the same thing here about links. Well, so, and also to keep in mind, like like in the earlier days with Google, you had to spoon feed them. You had to um, make sure that uh, Google was very aware of what was and was not an HTML link. You had to give them the sitemap. You had to, uh, at one time, years, like way back in ancient history, you actually had to submit sites to Google rather than trust the uh, the bot to follow links <laughs> or to, to have an XML sitemap. All the, so that was in the beginning as Google was evolving and getting better at what it does. This is the beginning of the time where we're, where we're using technologies like 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 Java, and it's um it's evolving rapidly. This is what Java 2.0, the era of Java, the second iteration yeah. of, of Java, and what it's being used for, and so it's evolving quickly, and that's going to change over time. But right now, we're still in its infancy. Yeah, and it's it's great. I mean, I, I have I mean, remember like I, I I work with JavaScript sites, and everybody will know that. In your early days, and I've said that many times, I was going to blow my brains out, and I'm like, I hate this. I have evolved into somebody going, looking at other sites in WordPress, going, oh, I like, I get it. I think WordPress is great. Love it. Our site's being redeveloped. We're going to use WordPress because it gets the job done for what we need to do. But when you get into some of the advanced features, and I, I look at it on other websites, I'm like, mm, well, that's what I meant to say, actually. Yeah. It just well, reminded me. a lot more elegant. And for SEOs, SEOs, sometime in your career, I promise you will graduate. When you start working with much larger e-com sites, yeah. Word WooCommerce doesn't cut it. Like you're going to graduate out of the WordPress environment, and there's not a plugin, and then there's not a Drupal module. They don't exist for some of these larger e-com platforms. You just got to insert the Java yourself somehow, because that's the way it is. Well, um, it gets really, really complex. It's 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 interesting just to give a, an environmental take on what we deal with, just to warn people. This may be what you need to deal with. The, the marketing team at this company was comfortable with WordPress as their content management system. The system itself, like the, the, the reservation system, was built in ASP. And now we wanted to put JavaScript. But marketing still wanted to be able to edit code in WordPress. So we now needed to pull WordPress from just the content section into a site JavaScript <laughs> and have the reservations come in into a different system. Like, there's a, there's a lot of things. This, this really happened to you, didn't it? This, this really did. <laughs> um, and, and then, unfortunately, I was there during the build to sort of help orchestrate some of the ways this would work. Not surprisingly, a lot went sideways real fast on launch, where it was like, oh, and yet analytics doesn't work. Right? Like, oh, a lot can happen in there that, that is surprising. Um, but these are the sorts of environments you end up in, and you need to you need to know what to do. So 
Yeah, it's, I, like, I think saying WordPress SEO, I, it's funny you mentioned this because I was just in a conversation for, for an interview on what's coming up one to two years from now. And I actually need to follow it up and go, oh, and here's a bunch of technical requirements that are going to be coming one to two. Because I was covering it more from a right now, and it was dealing with the way people are posting, doing job postings. And it was, there's all these technical things that weren't there before. And I'm like, yeah, we're, we're going to the measurable, but we're not talking in the job postings. They were right. I, I've looked at a bunch. I, I just wrote one myself because I, I was actually looking at what was there to sort of compare how I could write it. It's, it's a lot of technical. What I'm actually most interested in, and no mention of content. And I'm like, one of the core jobs of an SEO is optimizing content. One of the core jobs of an SEO is to go into that, WooCommerce back end and go, oh, these categories don't have descriptions. They don't have that few sentences up at the top that actually describe what product set the person is about to listen to. They need to write that. We keep talking about speed or schema or they need to know HTML and CSS. No, they need to be a good writer. I could train them and, and, and uh, Coursera course, I can go watch this and we'll hire you. Right? Like we'll get that job done but you can't teach writing, but you can't measure it as well. And so all of a sudden it's a secondary thing, right? It's, 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 but it's an ethereal, you can't touch it. You can measure it after in conversions and you can measure it after in ranking improvements, but you can't measure it as a finite thing when you're trying to hire people. So, you know, it, it's not included. And that was one of my things. I'm like, we're not talking about that, but we will be real soon because writers, I'd rather hire an awesome writer and train them on tech because I don't even have to train them. Watch these videos, <laughs> just get this done. And I can test on that real fast, but I can't test good writing consistently. Ask Ross. Apparently it works. <laughs> um, <laughs> so there. Okay, we got to take a break. We, speaking of people who can touch us, studio is about to touch us because they really want us to take a commercial break really badly. So, on behalf of Dave Davies from BSOC and Marketing, this is Jim Hedrum. Did always be near. Listen to What the Culture on WebmasterRadio.fm. It is the 30th of April 2020. Stick around. we got more coming up after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back, back to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. It's the 30th of April, 2020. It's Jim Hedger from Joy's Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. 
And uh, we're rounding out the end, end of the show. It's about, uh, we got about 10 minutes left. Um, here's another weird one. And this, 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 this came up uh, out of uh, a search engine roundtable um, yesterday. How to phrase this so that I can do this succinctly. Um, the headline reads, Googlebot would rarely ever submit a form on your website. Um, I think the keyword here is submit. Google, because I got, I got straight up proof that Google fills in forms and follow forms mm-hmm. and creates dynamic pages based on the information it fills in in those forms. And you can create if you do it. If, if Google finds itself in a loop, it'll create dynamic pages until the cows come home. Right. Yep. Maddie. We've all seen that. <laughs> okay. No. So, so this happened to me recently. I, I, I can't give a lot of details on it because like, I can't. Um, I, I'm under like some some fairly heavy NDA here, but this happened, and um, I had to report back a forty two some odd pages at eight point font of 302 errors <laughs> generated because Google was following form was, was filling in, not submitting. It wasn't, I don't, I don't think there was any, any get or post happening, but like it was filling stuff in and creating dynamic pages and then spidering those pages or rendering those pages. <laughs> and this went on and it added for item. So clearly there's a problem here. <laughs> um, but is it a problem? Because it's well, dynamic pages. They don't actually exist. Well, yeah, I know you can too. Don't forget to use the uh, the good little good old self-referencing canonical as we kind of touched on last week. Like you don't want Google now spinning out and seeing all of these new pages that they're generating as unique URLs, like canonical them all back, right? But that's because and okay, and this is what I was trying to say last week. The canonical cannot be used to magically make a page real. <laughs> it doesn't no. work. That, no, it no, doesn't, it work, doesn't that work that way. way. Um, one thing that I don't like about this statement that they made, and it's just my own bogus. thing, but when, they would rarely, and it's the word rarely, um, and it's like, and that's fine, and I understand that they're just trying to be specific, but what that means to me, what, why I don't like that is that listeners, people who hear that may dismiss it. To me, when I hear the word rarely, what that means is it's rarely going to happen. The odds of it happening are very, very low, but I need to treat it as a certainty because I need to make sure that my site is ready for the fact that what if they do? <laughs> like, they, they will rarely do it, but I need to make sure that if they do, that it, the, what's on the other end is what they should see. Now, it should be anyway, right? I, I can't think of an exception on like my site, but when they say rarely, if there is something after the fact, it doesn't mean dismiss it. It means you got to make sure because who wants to be the rarely, right? Like you put in all this work, you put in thousands and thousands and thousands of either dollars or hours, and you didn't spend five minutes to make sure your thank you page was decent, right? or like did the right thing or didn't redirect and you didn't test your forms, test your form landing, but like what if it's gone in at 404s, right? Like what happens now? What does Google view as that form or do they go, yeah, me might need to devalue that site since their lead form, the core function is actually not working. So we might as well devalue that site because it shouldn't be ranking because we shouldn't send traffic because they can't respond. When in fact, there's nothing wrong with your site. It's just a stupid right. Google loop. It's just a stupid 
Google loop. Yeah. So we got to make sure of of exactly these types of, of scenarios. So I, I don't hate that these rarely. I think giving us a context for what we should be looking for is helpful. But I do hate rarely and how that may get interpreted incorrectly. It means you still got to do it. It just might be a long time before Google gets through there and hits the submit button. Well, and again, just to be really clear, Google has the capacity to do this. If you if you if if you see a whole bunch of redirects that have just come out of nowhere, mm -hmm. you got to you know, you, Google probably caused that to happen by 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 falling into the stupid loop, and it's because they're following they're following features or forms and creating dynamic pages on the fly and recording them. Well, um, why do we think Google bought reCAPTCHA? Right? Like, why, why not leave it as an independent third party? Because if they own it, they can fill it out. Like, uh, that's, that's the end-all, be-all. If they own it, they can see what's on the other side of that form because they just need to fill it out and they own the reCAPTCHA form. Right? Like, but again, that's, it's cool if they do, but you got to give them the signal that we this isn't... The right thing. Yeah. That's what it's supposed to be. Um, so. Okay. so we got a few more minutes. Um, YouTube doing fact checking on videos. Maybe, maybe they were. Really? Do they? Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, this is going to be a we're looking for these sorts and certain things in there, right? Um, ibuprofen being a problem for, for COVID 19, right? Like the claim that somehow all of the people that died um, had taken ibuprofen, right? They found ibuprofen in their system. And they're, they're going for the really obvious ones. Um, I, as a human being who likes science and data, um, I, I obviously support this, provided that they're coming in with the right sort of approach to this. And then the example that they give is, it's like, there is no data to back this. So it's considered a false claim. If that changes scientifically, then they would change the, the verdict, right? But there is no evidence. So we, we there go. can't list as as evidence something that is not even you and i on our show we're not dealing with your money your life stuff go this is my opinion right when it when it is an opinion or yep. this is data when it is data because it is that important even in what we do and we're not your money your life i mean some might argue that if people take our advice and it's wrong it costs someone money. thinks we know what we're talking about somebody um but what i i'm kind of waiting for is the the heavily well they must be biased right like against like just because their fact check might not match what you want. And I, I, this may very well happen to me. I'm not claiming to be like just totally on the up and up and non-biased. I am biased. Right? Of course you are, but you try. To I try. The fact is I like science, so most of my biases get backed by science. <laughs> so I'm actually in that boat. But at the same time, if they didn't or if there was science countering them, would I gravitate to that science? Probably not. If there's two sciences and one of them backs me, I'm going to be more like, so how would I react if this came up going, this is wrong? And I think I've got science. Even worse than actually having it is thinking you have science. <laughs> well, it's, this is it's, it's such a tough case. Like on, on, on one side, people have to have the right to express themselves and that mm -hmm. people have to have the right to have an imagination. And yeah. people have to have the right to um, feel uncensored for simply speaking what they believe to be their truth. On the other side, um, if you give people the wrong information in the time of a pandemic, they could make a decision that risks their lives or risks the lives of two, four, eight, or thousands of other people. Uh, so, you know, being accurate with information in a life or death situation like a pandemic is kind of important. Um, and Google 
is Google's protected under the DMCA. Um, is it the DMCA? I know Google's protected from third-party information that they publish. But Google's also, like anyone right now, any publisher right now, kind of liable if they publish something that leads to somebody's death. Yeah. Yeah, when it hits, when, when I find it, something that's important to whatever, I know most of our listeners are going to know this, but you know what? I'm just going to repeat it because I have this argument so many times, um, is the First Amendment does not apply to corporations any more than it applies to you. So this is not an infringement of any First Amendment right. Um, first off, because they're not actually omitting any content anyway. But even if they did, they're a company, they get to do that. I can't go, Coca-Cola, you need to advertise yeah. Pepsi. Like, I give them equal air time. Right? Like, you no, know, I, you, you don't, you can't do that to a corporation. So, um, there's that. And also, in their layout, they're not, they're actually just starting it. And then the example they give is COVID and ibuprofen. And the example they give is just a fact check. And it's just a blurb. It's a fact check. And it's from factcheck.org. And it goes, here's just some data. It's just, giving the number one result a fact and then it goes down into the results. So it's not actually stopping people from watching your, your video or, or whatnot. And it may be, be good stuff. They're just going, regardless of the video, here's the facts. Now go into the videos, right? Like go ahead. So I, I, at the end, I, I do, I do think it's helpful. Um, I think it could be pretty dangerous though, as we start to head towards election season, because now you're going to get fact checked on both sides and both of them are going to be Probably lying out the wazoo, but there we go. Yeah, why don't people <laughs> at each other's throats? Well, again, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm philosophically, I have a hard time with telling people what they can and cannot put on, you know. It's, yeah. You know, but at the same time, it is a life or death sort of thing, and people have to take care with the information they're putting out there. Like, you got to be responsible because we don't want someone being responsible for yeah. you. And now Brasco's telling us we can't keep talking. Oh my God, it's time to go. Okay, we gone full circle. Um, hi, Blake. Um, on behalf of uh, on behalf of Dave Davies for being so into marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Joey's Media. You've been listening to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm on the 30th of April, 2020. Friends, stay safe. Uh, stay, stay somewhat isolated. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Big love. Be kind to each other. We'll talk to you next week. reflect those of webmasterradio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited.